0: this is tough stuff to learn. It takes time. It takes practice. So in this age where you, you bounce from job to job trying to get you know, a different title or more money, right. those are good. You should be appreciated and valued. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But these jobs are, don't come because you write a book.
1: Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sofion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Glad you could join us again. I hope you're all having a nice uh, week this week. I'm joined today by Mike Bauer. Mike is our Chief Product Officer at Sofion, and since This year, he's been doing a tremendous amount of research, talking to a lot of companies like yours, uh, big companies, small companies, different industries. And uh, he agreed to come on and share with a little bit with us some of the things he's seeing, learning, trends he's seeing. And uh, well, we'll get into it as we go. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Where are you joining us from?
0: I am joining from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in the United States, and uh, I'm sitting out on my sun porch. Oh, so um, it hasn't gotten cold enough yet to uh, migrate deeper into the house.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So fall is there, but it's winter's not there yet.
0: Yeah. And winter's not there yet. You, can't, you can You probably see it in the windows behind us. We're still got a lot of leaves <laughs> on the tree. But, great, uh, great, great. Well,
1: appreciate you joining us, Mike. I'd just like to start asking the question with you, how did you get into innovation?
0: It's a, it's an interesting story, actually. I uh, It starts way back when the dinosaurs roamed. In undergraduate, I, I started in engineering physics with the idea of going into business uh, some point after, and after a while, it was all the classes I wanted to take required me to be an electrical engineer. So I, I went and did that, did a little co-oping and figured out that Yeah, I can do it, but I really don't enjoy software or hardware development enough. So I kind of fell onto the business side uh, with Hewlett Packard. And in that course of a few years before I went back to business school, really got involved with products and how our division of HP was building products and next generation this and started working with product, product professionals, product managers, product marketing people, and really enjoyed it. And when I went to business school, coming out, I looked specifically for product management positions. And so that's kind of how I just kind of, kind of fell into me. Uh, it wasn't a career aspiration to be a product manager. Didn't even know what those ex- those existed back in the day, fell into it and been pretty much focused around product management, go to market innovation for, for the rest of my, so far, my rest of my career. Yeah, well, at,
1: at HP, I mean, they had all sorts of products, right? They had their services, oh, they yeah. had software products, hardware products, combined products. What type of products? When you use that term, products.
0: Yeah, for us, it was a hardware software product. In today's language, it would be a smart product because it had software in it. Yeah, but it was basically when HP um, had tests and measurements and I worked on the test and measurement side of HP. That's been spun out and spun out and. Uh, over the years. I don't even know who owns the original businesses anymore. But again, that was the original business Hewlett and Packard created was test and measurement. Right, so we did right. um, protocol analyzers. So basically back in the day, it was uh, all the WAN, RS-232, for those that have been on for a long time, through ISDN on on that on the telephone side, and LAN networking when you know ethernet was a big cable, thicker than your finger. <laughs> before wireless and all of those so it was it was working with enterprise companies all the way down to small companies on testing their uh, networking as well as telcos
1: you guys made some great products because uh, even today if you go look in the maker community there's a lot of people doing you know repairing old radios or old equipment oh, or yeah. a big hobby and they're all still using that same equipment it's so old oh, but yeah. it's rock
0: solid it is, you can go on eBay and find some of the products I worked with and, and learned and, and used. Oh, that's cool. That were used by telco professionals, you know, the baby bells at the time. Yeah. we Were on the truck with them to te- do testing. And right. it's, it's amazing. These de- these devices are have been so well used over the years. <laughs> that's really
1: cool. It's really cool. It well, I mentioned uh, you were doing a lot of research share with us a little bit what you've been seeing, learning, where you've been focused.
0: Yeah. So, you know, when, when, when I joined Sophia we, we, we wanted to kind of take a step back on one of the many fronts we're working on. And part of that stepping back and thinking was really going back out and, and, and relearning innovation and product management, life cycle management, and really kind of retesting our assumptions from, from the get go. We've been using a, a jobs to be done framework, which is incredibly insightful uh, if you've never used it. We're still learning a lot about it, but we have found it incredibly useful to in, in our customer interviews. And these were literally going back to, you know, the kind of the question of so what do you do here? When what are your challenges? And we interviewed, we're probably up to 40, 50 different uh, individual organizations and product professionals across all kinds of industries. So from brand managers and category managers, uh, VPs, uh, even a few CEOs of small companies. So we've been interviewing a lot of different people with that framework in mind and learning. And, and what's really interesting. I come from, as you know, Paul, my background is more hardware, software, you know, tech products, uh, some services worked in there. What's really been fascinating, one of the key learnings, from you know, from, from my point of view, is what's the definition of a product? I laughed mm-hmm. when you you said, "Tell me about your product." And, 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 you know and that that's easy for me because it's a pizza it was a hardware, or a piece of software, or some combination. But I we've literally interviewed people that the the uh, product is is something tangible, a candy bar, stuff you squirt in your hands. But we've also interviewed people that their product is part of the overall supply chain their business is running. Because in their business, the supply chain is a key product internally for the company to get right. We've talked to other people where it's the whole e-commerce site for a consumer goods manufacturer that, that literally was ever you know, where you go order if you're a big big box retailer. All the way down to the mom and pop convenience store mm-hmm. in Kuala Lumpur was the example, and literally part of this person's product was the people that go out and help, you know, those mom and pops order product to sell on their shelves. So what what's really been interesting is that vast range of what a product is, and we've talked to others that it's a pile of chemicals, it's a it's a plastic. I mean, just. It's, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. Broad product definition. Guide. Oh yeah. yeah it's, it's awesome. You probably know that Paul, you've been doing this with Sophie on for a long time. So you've seen all these industries and things. I haven't seen it from that, the, that light. The other thing that's really interesting with the jobs to be done framework is they pitch the framework as tech agnostic, stable, and those, that's part of the reason you, you use it. It's part of the valuable part of using it we've seen that and we've seen it also stable for what we're trying to do for innovation and product uh life cycle management or innovation management we've seen that stability across industries so we're seeing the same jobs whether they're managing that that candy bar or that pile of chemicals or that e-commerce site process we're seeing the same jobs again and again really which is really, fa- you know, for us, you know, uh, fascinating from the standpoint of, well, that's that's cool because that means we can make make products that solve those needs in a way that maybe it hasn't been done before. I can wax on, I can wax on about the, the, that for quite a while.
1: Well, what are some of those jobs that uh, that people are having to do, and where are they, where are they struggling? What's the what's the hard part about what they're doing? Yeah.
0: So the, the whole framework, you start out, you can start at the very bottom or the very top of the pyramid, or, and it's an inverted pyramid. So at the very top is, it's probably more my term. I, I don't know how exactly it's framed in the literature and, and, and the people that actually created jobs to be done, but call it an aspirational job. It has no beginning, middle, and end. The key thing with jobs is beginning, middle, You can, there's a distinct beginning, middle, yeah, and end. You know right. when you're done. You might do it again tomorrow or in 20 minutes, but you can say that job's done. What we've seen for at least aspirational jobs are at the very highest level, I'm gonna go high to low, is manage the strategic planning and execution. So, So that's kind of one major set of jobs. Then there's manage portfolios. And again, there's a lot of definition of what a portfolio is and what makes it up but the jobs of managing that we're seeing, we're seeing stuff. uh, uh, another aspirational job on managing projects and resources. No matter how you define your product or your innovation, at some point, projects get spun up. Now, those projects can map to a single product or a product and there's 400 SKUs, but we're seeing that, we're seeing a managed product aspirational job that's different than the project job yeah and then a manage ideas and now that one's my shorthand that we've been using internally because manage the fuzzy front end of innovation is 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 a mouthful but that's yeah. really what we're talking about it isn't just about an idea box or trend spotting or collaboration it really is how do you manage that fuzzy front end and manage the flow that then you make decisions is that a product and when again, a product could be an innovation there's lots of words as as your audience and everybody knows there's lots of ways to call it an innovation from a product to a project to an innovation yeah so those are the big aspirational jobs we're seeing there's a There's probably a thin layer of another one, which is literally for the product people there's doers that are doing all of those different jobs at different levels in the organization there's another one which is literally the job is go get to collect the data because what we're also finding is the information to do these other jobs is spread all over the place spreadsheets and documents and other systems and CRMs and ERPs so there there a lot of what we people we interviewed spent spend a fair amount of time just collecting the information to do their job so there there's kind of that kind of the underlying but I think I think a lot of businesses understand that that's a common problem but
1: well it's interesting though because in your framework you actually got to that and gave it a label and I think go get the data go collect the data people may not frame it in those terms I may not think about that right and that is so uh, like you said it's a big job and people have to do it it's one that's easily glossed over oh yeah fine you can get the data that won't be a problem. But it could be a problem. Yeah. Where does decision-making come in? Are you jobs and decision-making? Is that another job or is that something on the side of Interesting question. I,
0: I think it, it is actually a job in itself. Mm-hmm. Let me run through some of the main jobs, which is really the, the brunt if you read the, you know, the books or the literature and the various perspectives. The main job is really what we're trying to focus on. The specific things for for us is the needs, because that's what we're trying to solve with what we do at SOFIA, But the main jobs are what we're interested in learning. And so there's things like define a portfolio. I'm going to use portfolio as an example. There's things like define a portfolio, assess a product portfolio, which could be a collection of products, collection of projects, collection of quote, ideas. That's where decision making gets mm-hmm. made. And so, when we're looking at those jobs, that assessment is one of the other jobs they call them process steps. think of them as smaller jobs. One of those could be make a decision, and these are the decisions criteria that is very different per per everybody we've talked to how they make decisions, what parameters, but they still got to make an assess the product portfolio is it good is it bad is it you know making our revenue numbers is it spending too much money How, however they assess it that's where some of the decision there's other ones things like update the portfolio roadmap now maybe there's things they do at that level maybe they drop down to a product level because it's really about a product decision before you get to a portfolio there's a uh, there's others about update risk and assumptions So at a portfolio level, you have risks and assumptions that you're making and you have risk registers and and those sort of things. So those are the features you're trying to drive, but you as the doer, you're updating that risk, you're up making decisions on those risks. And there's a couple bigger ones we'll probably end up splitting as we learn more, things like monitor and address changes. Well, that's somebody, you know a doer, that's my shorthand for because there's so many titles and personas that, you know, a doer in portfolio is like, well, hmm, this portfolio is at high risk because I see these things, or this is what the the dashboards are are trying to lead me to. Now I got to decide that's where the professional has to make decisions, think about it, get stakeholders involved in those. One of the things I'll share, Paul, that's really interesting one of the biggest jobs we saw, main jobs, and it's all five of the areas that I covered strategy, portfolios, products, projects, and ideas is informed stakeholders. It is amazing how much time product professionals are spending literally trying to keep the stakeholders informed. And that was a job that was consistent, is the same. All of those things all had an informed stakeholder, which is a part of that decision making process that I, I told you about.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So, if you also look at this, it's also process agnostic. Right. So whether you're running a full up, you know, textbook five stage stage gate as defined by Dr. Cooper or a full up safe. As as uh, as that community is defined, these jobs are still there. It's it's that's what's also been really interesting for me is it's process agnostic, which goes to your decision making, right? That's why I bring it up.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting, and I can imagine the listeners most of our listeners are practitioners in innovation right so they're trying to create their own processes their own framework so they're probably sitting here saying oh yeah i can recognize this i can recognize that and many of them are also product managers in their own right actually doing the work and they're probably relating and saying yeah i get that as well so thanks for sharing that mike um you recently did a presentation at the innovators conference and you were talking about i'll let you define the terms EIM and PPM and, and how do they relate and would you share with that what that is beginning with what those terms EIM and PPM mean?
0: Yeah, I mean yeah it was an it's a it was a really interesting talk and I learned so much because we did it more of few few slides and, and a and a lot more engagement of the team. But the idea behind the talk was Somebody had given me that as an idea: EIM, uh-huh. Enterprise Innovation Management versus PPM. They didn't define which. which I was going to say P, which. P. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> P? What What was the first P? Project, portfolio, product. Uh, well, portfolio is the second P, but yeah. So I kind of came up with the idea: Are they on the same team? Because a lot of times I, I'm kind of new to some of the definitional things. That's been the other learning. Uh, As a practitioner, you don't always sit down and think theory and and stuff. So I was like, wait a minute, aren't they on the same team? And so it was really fascinating to actually do a little bit of um, internet uh, spelunking, if you will. And so PPM, as you were already laughing about, could be portfolio management, selection, prioritization and control of programs and projects, product portfolio management, prioritization, again, multiple products, ensure resources, project, centralized management of processes, but also prioritization, selection. So you start hearing the same things in the definition of PPM. It's really about portfolio management, however you define a portfolio. If you go all the way, because I don't know who who begot which term, but if you go back to the finance what the finance world defines as portfolio management because we all have some form of a portfolio that I'm sure somebody has talked to us at some point about you you know you really should look at your winners and losers in your portfolio for your financial planning, process of managing individual investments, maximizing earnings, ensure capital invested is not exposed to too much market risk. That sounds like what you and I have heard from all of our customers over the years, but on a project or a product perspective, so that's PPM. If you look at enterprise innovation management, it's about the managing the process and managing the innovation procedures uh, is one definition. It's a set of tools for common understanding of goals and processes and opportunities introduce new ideas, processes, or products. I think that one was really interesting. One of the things I highlighted in that definition was ideas, process, and products. Because mm. again, go back to the definition of product you were asking about what, I have, what we learned. Process, supply chain process, in some people's mind is a product. So it really yeah. fits in the definition, right? The other one is organizing, monitoring activities, processes, and policy. So if you start looking at those and then you bump that up against those five areas of aspirational jobs, you start seeing that EIM is the term that covers those aspirational jobs. If you literally go talk to product professionals in all levels of the organization, you know, for those that have watched the American movie office space, you know, what what do you say you do here kind of question, you come to the same conclusion that EIM is really what we're talking about in these aspirational jobs, which I found fascinating. I didn't walk into that. I mean, have that as a preconceived notion. I just walked into that. But what's even more interesting is portfolio management, product managed products and managed projects are also a part of that, which really means, and what was fascinating with the discussion in in the innovators uh, conference was that PPM is really just a subset. It has some over outside of enterprise innovation management. There's some things when you look at pure IT projects and things. So it doesn't. The Venn diagram doesn't completely overlap, but it overlaps where in our world for innovation, the, it's it's just another. It's just a piece of the piece of the puzzle, which was which was really fascinating. And then I got really scared when I threw that out there to see what people were saying because, you know, I, I, and and most people were, I don't know if they're being polite. I don't think so. They challenged some of the stuff on the fringe, but I think in general, they agreed that, oh, yeah, if you look at it with that lens, the jobs to be done lens, that holds up, that holds up from what they see as practitioners.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll make sure to put a link to that session in the show notes because you're right. It was, it was really interesting to see the way, and it took you a bit of work to get there, but you eventually did pull the audience in. Right. And and they contributed. And, and I thought what they had to say is also very interesting. And yeah, I mean, my takeaway on what you're saying is, okay. A lot of innovation is done to make a product, right? You're not going to make the product without a project or more than one project so it is it's all it's all in there and and we spend so much time arguing oh no it's this it's that it's this when it's all the same it's all necessary i think is a key takeaway
0: right well none, none of these are sufficient on their own what's that necessary but not sufficient <laughs> yeah. you need all those pieces working together regardless of how you define the process yeah because, you know, every company has a little different take what works for them. But again, I think it comes also back to the definition of a product, because I think one of the things I'm learning is, you know, innovation management could be a process, an idea or a product and a product in what we all would say something you pay money for versus in some people world that's not the product. Right. And, and I think we can handle that. And I think the that framework really allows you know the innovation professional product professional to to really think about you know what they're doing if if you're trying to think how do i get better well here are the jobs i've got to do how do i get better at those jobs or how, how do i help you know a, a younger professional grow in, in doing mm, that
1: yeah i mean yeah. did
0: did anybody
1: have they talked about yet the challenges, because maybe it's too new, but the turnover that companies are experiencing right now in people, right? You learn, you get people in, they, they're kind of doing the job, and then all of a sudden, they're out and new people coming in. Has that
0: come into the realm yet? No, it hasn't really come up in the questions. I think, it, I think it'd be an interesting take. I think what's changing in the realm is that the notion of product management mm. is becoming a much more specific term. I mean, when 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 I started as a product manager, it was like all the responsibility, no authority, and yeah. and anything that <laughs> anything that was kind of between engineering and you know getting it out the door fell into as a product management problem. And I think it's you're seeing I think you're seeing a more of a realization there's a different approach. Uh, which goes to the jobs. I think what you're seeing in, in grad schools, doing programs, the uh, proliferation of conferences and things is pro- product management, again, broad definition of product, is becoming a professional career where, where um, a lot of people my age fell into it, where a lot of people were, I'm looking at hiring and, and talking to had it as a specific goal in, in life as I want to be a product manager and some are still falling into it but yeah no I haven't I haven't heard from a company perspective I think I think that's why these kind of conversations and we're actually doing another innovators one that's really going to talk more about what we're been more aligned to what we've been talking about is what are we learning because I think if you if you understand the jobs and you're an innovation you know professional leader that you got new people and you understand what you're trying to get done in a more tactical way, then I think you can help them grow and be clear on what you expect. So to your point, you know, the age of the worldwide great resignation, because I don't think that's just the U.S. phenomena.
1: No, it's not. It's
0: not. We're, we're going to see a lot of turnover in that. Yeah. And there's still a lot of people that pretend they know how to do these things. And we'll see how this migrates. I haven't seen too many write-ups on jobs for innovation. These are the practice areas. So right. probably the most well defined one is project management with all the institutes project and product for sure. Yeah, project yeah. and then product management is flowing. But there's not a a lot of courses on how to be the best portfolio manager around. Yeah.
1: I'm torn with a question I want to ask. And I, I'll ask it two different ways, A or B, you take either one. You do both if you want. This sounds like a loaded question, Paul. No, well, my question was originally going to be, what piece, if there was one piece of advice you would give somebody around innovation, what would it be? But the variant might be, and maybe better questions, if there was one piece of advice around product management that you would give somebody, what would it be?
0: I think they're, part, they're, they're kind of Very close. different sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah. So the advice I have given, and and i will continue to give to people on my team and people i interact with on linkedin and and things especially younger ones this is tough stuff to learn it takes time it takes practice so in this age where you you bounce from job to job trying to get you know a different title or more money right those are good you should be appreciated and valued i'm not saying you shouldn't but these jobs are, don't come because you read a book. You can get a good theoretical understanding, but but like a lot of stuff, it takes time to master and and mm. find find I I always caution people find some people to work with that been there done that. I did that when I came out of business school. At the time business school wasn't a, you know, hotbed of entrepreneurial activity, but it was enough. But I still went to a mid-sized company that I could learn from other product managers that had been done there. And I I think that was by far one of the best learnings of actually how to do some of these things we're talking about, Um, because I can write all these jobs and tell you and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how you do it, how you think about it. So so I I would I would I would focus on mastery, which takes time um, and finding some mentors over over life for the old for, you know, people later stages of career. You know, I think I think that advice is I've been in a lot of different industries, all tech. Some of that is very transferable knowledge. Mm. Um, so, you know, maybe if you're really getting tired, I've had a few friends that were like, I'm really tired of tech and or <laughs> vice versa. So so pass it down. It's still very much, in my opinion, you, you need an, you need apprentices. It isn't the old, you know, master, apprentice, work 12 years, mm-hmm. but there is still a lot of learning you can pass to the people below you from a career growth, career level. So that would be my challenge to all of us older people that have been around this a long time. It's share the learnings because those stripes you earned are valuable. Yeah, there's a lot of,
1: you could find a lot of pride in sharing, especially with younger people some of these things absolutely be a mentor yeah yeah yeah. one last question for you mike where do you see product management five years from now it's still evolving still going
0: yeah i think it will like all career things i think i think it has matured over the 20 30 years i've kind of been in in Mm -hmm. and around it i think it will continue to mature i think yeah, obviously, a lot of tech companies and that have very well defined jobs, career jobs, not not jobs to be done. Positions stuff. out there. Yeah. Positions. I think what's really interesting and I think it will expand is a lot of this discussion of you know digitization, digitalization of corporations and things are driving people to think that, you know, maybe product management type of ideas could help, but it's not a new thing and even in i.t if they you know you start looking at internal application development as a product i think it has value but i think over time you're going to see other industries that may not have had the role specifically grow into it i think there will be more and more realization that there are solid foundational best practices and best way you know kind of. Art of the trade, you know. Yeah. There lots of ways to 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 build the barrel, but there are certain things if you're a barrel maker, master hand barrel maker, that are, are are things you learn and and everybody does. And I think that I think that's where you're gonna start seeing the deepening. Um you're also gonna see a lot of, you know, opinion and bifurcation, you know, changes of this is the best way and this is the best way. But
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of excited from a career standpoint where that's at. I'm, I'm excited for companies that are in trying to embrace it that may not have because I think it unlocks a different way of going to market, thinking about what you're doing, really thinking about it. Because of the other thing at the end of the day, product, you know, people that are truly managing products that get paid for. Think about value, whether they own the P&L or not. So, if you're thinking you're managing the supply chain process, and that's your innovation, man, if you start thinking about what's the value I'm dri- driving to the customer, mm-hmm. and think about it in those ways, I think you start unlocking a lot of it. Right.
1: Yeah. Great. Well, uh, you know, I want really want really want to thank you, Mike, for joining us. This was was tremendous. It's really uh, fun to hear your perspective. If people want to follow you or find out, you know, track what you're doing, find out more, uh, where can they go?
0: I'm older, so I'm not on Facebook and those sort of things, but I am on LinkedIn. You can LinkedIn. follow me on, on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, reach out to me on LinkedIn, happy to always have a chat or, or connect. You can always get a hold of me here at Sofian. I'm sure there's a way to get through on your community and on the podcast to me as well. Yeah. I'm starting to get more involved in the innovators thing and, and looking for other other venues. Um, so if there's places people would you know want to share, I am open to talking about this stuff. As as Paul has uh, unfortunately learned, I'm, I can talk about this for for a long period of time because yeah, yeah. it is truly fascinating. That's been you know the the fascinating thing um, is for once in my life I get to build products that I'm one of the customers for. So it's been. A, <laughs> It's been really different. You don't get to do that in the the B two B world too much, where you get to build stuff for yourself. Yeah, um, that's so cool. It's, yeah, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it's fun when you walk down the the grocery aisle and say, "Yep, yep, yep."
0: yep oh, it's yep, yep, yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I again, uh, Mike. Glad you could join us. You know, my takeaway for people who are listening is, uh, and I, I don't always give pieces of advice like this, but. One of the things we got in Sofian when Mike came on board was fresh views, you know, fresh ideas, a fresh look. We've been in this business for 20 years and yet, you know, you, you would think after 20 years, don't you know everything? And the answer is no, no. And you got to go out and look again. Even if some of what you find is what you already knew, some of what you find is what you didn't know. And my encouragement to anybody listening is always seek an opportunity to bring somebody new in, fresh ideas to go out and take a look at what you think you already know, because you'll, you'll benefit so much by having a, just a fresh look on things. And Mike, you've provided that for Sophia, so I personally thank you for that. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. Enjoy the rest of your day, Mike. You too, Paul. We'll bring you back, and, and, and maybe because I know you have so many topics, uh, that would love to have you come back and maybe talk a few more things.
0: Yeah. See what your community wants. I'm happy to join you too. That's great.
1: And to all our listeners, we thank you for joining us. Uh, this was a great session and uh, hope you have a great week ahead and we'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.